Hey y'all, this is Jamie with Out of Bounds with Jamie and Abby. On this episode of Out of Bounds, we had Raylan, a country music artist. She was so kind and sweet and just... I loved her. Yeah. Absolutely loved her. Yeah. We talked a lot about her career mm-hmm. and family and what she's doing next going on tour. So we hope you guys enjoy that. And we are lucky enough to be recording at Blackbird Studios, a renowned recording studio in Nashville, Tennessee. With nine studios and unrivaled inventory of rare and vintage instruments and recording gear, it's easy to see why it's the first choice of many accomplished artists, including Bruce Springsteen, Taylor Swift, Dolly Parton, Miley Cyrus, Snoop Dogg, (laughs) Pearl Jam, and of course, Ray Lynn. In addition to the studios, Blackbird has also opened the Blackbird Academy, a professional school of audio, and is built on the same obsessive work ethic and unbridled passion for audio that the studio is so renowned for. Students get unparalleled emphasis on mentor-based, hands-on education with over 700 hours of training in the same rooms used every day to make Grammy-winning, multi-platinum-selling records at the studio. For more information about this legendary place, please visit their website at blackbirdstudio.com. I feel like I'm a little bored tonight. I feel like I could use some fun. I will take over the city, yeah, baby. Follow my lead, everybody get ready. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm really so pumped. very excited. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. One of the other things that I would love to talk to you about, yeah. if you would allow it, is type 1 diabetes. Of um, course. As our listeners know, my 16-year-old has type 1. This April will be 10 years that wow. she's had it. Wow. And the goal of my husband and I is to raise awareness for this disease. We felt like God has handed us this child with this disease and given us a platform to raise awareness and fundraising for it. So I thank you so much for allowing us to talk about it. It's such a funny thing that you talk about raising more awareness around diabetes because back when I got diagnosed, I got diagnosed at 12. So your daughter got diagnosed at six. At six. Oh my goodness gracious. When I think about how hard it was for me to make that transition into giving myself insulin shots, checking my blood sugar at 12, I can't imagine your daughter having to do that at six. And I have a daughter now and I'm like, I would literally be like freaking out anywhere she went, worried about her blood sugar. So that Mm -hmm. is just crazy. I'm already starting to cry. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's hard. And for me, so I got diagnosed at 12. And I don't know your daughter's story, but I went into a thing called DKA. My sugar was so beyond high and had stayed there for such a long period of time that my organs started shutting down. Yeah. And the only vein that they could get was like right by my leg because there was not even a a vein that was available. Like it was, it was actually pretty crazy. I was 10 minutes from, from passing away and it was very traumatic, awful. I'm so thankful to Jesus that. I'm here today. You know, I've been one of those kids. I hated going to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally hate going to the doctor. <laughs> and I hate shots. I hate all of it. Yes. And so when when the doctor told me I was going to have to take shots for the rest of my life, I was like, uh, what? No. <laughs> me? Like, I was like so upset. Yeah. And of course, they don't tell you that the needles are really tiny. Right. And there's so many incredible things now. But back in the day, it was like a science experiment every time you had to take a shot. Like, yes. You have to like get the bubbles out of the needle, pull it back. Like now oh you have God. pumps and sensors yes. and Jesus has made it so much easier. Exactly. But back then, it was like like you were doing a science experiment at your desk. Yes. Like it was so different. But, you know, when I think back on my journey of, of having type 1, I was so like insecure about it mm-hmm. especially at 12 like yeah. and I'm sure your daughter went through this period a yeah. little bit yeah but 
there is a lot more resources now than there was back then. But I remember like wanting to take shots like in the corner at a friend's house, like when I would go to like a birthday party and. I, you know, I hated like, yeah. like doing swim parties because I knew my sugar would drop and I didn't want the attention to be on me if my sugar dropped. That and was one of Taylor's triggers is every time she swam that yes. her, I mean, plummet. Yes. I mean, cause she's exercising mm-hmm. so much and I went through a period when I was like 15, 16 where I just didn't want my disease anymore. I was yeah. like, I don't want this. And I didn't take care of myself and my A1C was super high. And if you don't know what A1C is, it's basically what you're blood sugar has been for the last three months and mm. I remember my doctor I came in and I and I wrote like you know bogus numbers that were so oh like because I forgot that they checked your A1C <laughs> and uh, so I, th- I forgot that that was going to tell on me and so I was like oh my sugar's been like 100 I'll throw a 200 in there like, you know like, like really being like casual with it and and so anyways she goes so Rachel your numbers don't really match with what your A1C is so oh somebody's lying and I don't think it's your A1C number and yeah. I was like I lied. I was just like, and I just owned it. And she like, the way she broke it down to me was so cool. She was like, she's like, what do you want to do when you get older? And I said, I would love to be a country artist. I would Mm -hmm. love to be a musician and an actress. And I have all these, you know, dreams and aspirations. And she said, she's like, well, none of those are going to come true if your health Mm -hmm. is never in line. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she started talking to me about the importance of taking care of my body. It was like a therapy session almost. She's like, it's okay to be insecure, it's okay to go through these things, but that only hurts you. It doesn't hurt anybody yeah. else. And she said, anytime you feel that way, just educate people. And so that's what I started doing. Like I that's I felt like, you know, if I'm I'm gonna wear a pump, I'm gonna wear it out. I'm gonna just I'm gonna it's it, it's my daily life and there's yeah. nothing I can do about it or change about it. And all I can do is raise awareness around mm-hmm. it. And there's so many people like me. Yeah. And once I started finding diabetic friends, it was easier for me. But I didn't have any friends with diabetes till I was like twenty. Really? Yeah. And it's like and I'm, you know, twenty seven. Yeah. Now. So yeah. it was it was a while till I found a really great community. I had the Rayland Diabetes Fund because I wanted to be able to give money where it needed to right, be like some people right. just can't afford their insulin supplies or I think about you know, that all so the many time. things and that's one thing that gets me it's like I'm just so grateful that God's given me mm-hmm. the means to take care of this disease but I'm like we have to live yeah like and I think that there needs to just be such an awareness to take care of those families that that don't have yeah the means to do that and two when you meet a kid or mm-hmm. somebody that has diabetes you just give them a hug because you know that what their daily life is it's mm-hmm. just like oh I just want right. to hug you because I know we got this, it's like this common yeah. thing. You well, know? that's what my husband and I, we always say, because we do, when we hear of families that have just been diagnosed, we're the first ones to reach out whenever yeah. we find out. Because when Taylor was diagnosed, we didn't know anybody. No, yeah. So now it's, we're like, welcome to the family. This is yeah. a family you did not choose, a family that you don't want to belong to, but it is what it is, and we have to stick together. And... I mean, there are times to where there was a school teacher at Taylor's school. His daughter had diabetes. Called me one day, Jamie, our insulin didn't come in. Can we borrow a vial? Yeah. I mean, that's what you do is you you have to stick together. Yep. And Taylor did go through a stage, like at the beginning, at six years old, it was almost kind of cool that she had it. You know, she was getting lots of attention at school and she was the first one, the first day she went to school, she was like, I want to show them how I prick my finger. Mm 
yeah. got in the middle of her class and did it. And it was amazing. But when she hit, I want to say about 12, 13 years old, she did go through a phase. And honestly, it, it correlated to the time we moved to Nashville mm-hmm. to where nobody knew that Taylor. Nobody knew what you know, what diabetes was and all that. So she tried to hide it Mm -hmm. and she was on the pump and she, she wouldn't put her numbers in because she didn't want to pull it out in the middle of lunch. And she did, she went through a really, really hard time. And it was at the doctor's office to where I realized what was going on because our A1C was like 10 point something, which for our listeners, really, you want it to be around six. Six, that's maybe. really high. That really broke her down. And that was a time I finally was like, okay, I really think you need to see a therapist. Even if you don't feel like you need one, it's just good to talk to somebody who's not me. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we found an amazing doctor here and she does. Anytime she feels the need, she'll just go and have a little chat for an hour. But she got out of that little funk. Yeah. And now she's back to raising awareness for the gala she's our keynote speaker this That's year so awesome and she talks about it in front of school and she's gonna go through this again when she's in college oh, she's totally gonna go through it again. you know i'll never forget when i went on a date with my husband and i was like oh god i don't want to take i don't want to take a shot right now <laughs> i'm at panera with this hot guy panera that's like yeah. me going to applebee's yeah like my straight first up date. like i went to panera on 21st <laughs> and you know, I remember being like, hey, well, I got to take a shot. And he's like, he thought it was a shot of alcohol. Oh, oh God. He was like, this <laughs> this early? Okay. And I was like, no, like an insulin shot. Like, I, I have diabetes. And I thought he wasn't going to like me. And then I was oh. like, you know what? What the hell? Like, he's going to, well, if you don't like me because I have diabetes, you yeah. know, he's not he's cool. He's not good. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you live. know, he liked me. We got married. But, you know, I, and that's another thing, too. I didn't realize how much fear there was around being pregnant with diabetes. Oh, oh god. The best I've ever felt was pregnant. Are you serious? Girl, I get pregnant again tomorrow. No I way. felt so good. My sugar was like 5.2, my A1C. I it was no. like a normal person's A1C. I've never felt more incredible than I did when I was pregnant. What's the explanation behind Because that? you have to keep your numbers so tight, mm-hmm. like between like they can't go over 130. Mm-hmm. Like it's really tight. Mm-hmm. And it seems hard, but it's I really do believe that God creates your body in the most beautiful ways when you're when you're carrying a baby. It's like it knows that it has to go into this fight or flight mentality. Yeah, right. And my sugar would go down to 60 and it would just stay there. I was so nervous to get pregnant. I was so nervous to go through that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought I was going to have to get a surrogate. I mean, I thought all these things. And some people do. You know, some people's diabetes so bad because you don't need to carry a baby yeah. if your yeah. A1C is high. Right. Because you're just going to damage the baby. But I want to start raising more awareness around that, too, is like just talking to like talking to people through that. Yeah, absolutely. I remember the, when Taylor was diagnosed, uh-huh. my father, my father actually, he, everybody was upset, obviously, but he kept thinking of still magnolias. Oh, yeah. Drink your juice, Shelby. Yes. I, listen, <laughs> I know it. That's all he kept thinking is about. when she has the kid that, that she's going to die. Don't watch like, it. Oh, my God. Oh, I know. It's it, the worst. It's the worst movie it, <laughs> that portrays movie. type one. And no. my dad was like, she's not going to be able to get pregnant. No. She, you know? No, it's, it's like... so funny. My doctor, he's a little cuckoo-cachoo, but I love him, but he's weird as hell in the best way. I love him. <laughs> but, the, of course, the first thing he says to me, he's just funny. I love him, though. I, like He's my favorite person. So I was like, hey, I'm pregnant. So I was like, I need to do a telehealth with you and we were talking 
He goes, only advice, don't watch Joe Magnolia. That's the first thing he said. <laughs> and I was like, so come true. on, Dr. Bomb. Like, oh, don't tell me that. so true. But it was like, but he's so right. He goes, just don't watch it. And it's just like, oh. it's so true. But that's so our generation. Yeah. Like, mom was like, well, what about just, Shelby didn't drink her juice? And I was like, okay, mom, okay, everything's going to be okay. We're in the 21st oh. century now. Let me tell but you. Yes, when, that's hilarious. When Taylor, I forgot how old she was. She may have been 11 years old. I wasn't thinking. Yeah. And I started watching it with her. Oh, And I'm God. like, <gasps> oh, my my gosh she's gonna freak out and so i had to i'm like taylor listen this is a movie you know they exaggerate things in yeah. movies mm-hmm. so all she did was laugh through the movie okay she's good, like, good. You thank you god kidding me? like oh, my oh god. it was a- i love that part <laughs> i love Weezer. i love that whole movie that's one of my that's oh literally my one of my favorite movies when you were first diagnosed what were your symptoms? I, I mean, I know what your symptoms probably well, so were, but my how did sugar, it go? My sugar had stayed high for so long. We had just actually came back from Nashville. I was 12. My cousin had just got engaged, so they were having an engagement party up here. And the whole time, I was just going to the bathroom a lot. Like, So when your sugar is high, you just literally can't keep any liquids down. Like, mm-hmm. you always have to go to the bathroom. So thirsty. It's, you're so thirsty. And my, I was the fifth kid, so it's like, my mom was like, oh, she's going through growth spurt, or she's, mm-hmm. you know. And it wasn't any shame on her. I just don't think she knew no. the signs. And she had type 2, so she didn't even know type 1 existed. Like, type 2's mindset is, you're overweight. Like, that's, you mm-hmm. know, that's a lot of type 2. And my, uh-huh. she's like, my daughter's you tiny, know, tiny. And, little, and I was yeah. losing a lot of weight. and But I was getting taller, so my mom thought, okay, She's just she's just That's going through a growth at twelve. Yeah, you know, and so, anyways, all that being said, we get back to Texas, and I, like, I. That's when my organs were shutting down. I was mm-hmm. like, Mom, I feel bad. Like, I want to go to the hospital, and I never say that. And she lifted up the cover, and I was just tired yeah. all the time. And my legs are black and blue. And she was what? like, okay. And so that's when we call. <gasps> and some people find out because their sugar goes so low. Yeah. And when your sugar goes low, you just need to go to the hospital. When your sugar's high, you don't really know until mm-hmm. a couple, a couple, you know, months. And I, th- I think my sugar when I went in was like 1100. It was something was ridiculous. Really? Taylor's, yeah. Taylor's was 600 around in the 600s. Woo! And she was on the verge of DKA. Oh, God. And, but we caught it to where yeah. it was, thank but, God. And the thing is, is like when you when you don't know what to look for, you don't no. know. And so that's why I think my mom had a lot of regret and my dad, but it's not their fault. No. I mean, like they don't, we didn't know. Like No. And two, it's just. I should have known. And my brother, like, he's such a, he was such an ass. It was, like, really mean. And, like, (laughs) so we were, like, driving to Nashville for my Uh cousin's engagement party. And I had to pee every five seconds. And I remember, like, trying to not tell him I had to pee. And he goes, come on, blotter face. And he was just being a brother. You know what I mean? He didn't know. He's like, why you got to pee all the time? And so when I found out I had diabetes, I milked it so bad. I was like, can you believe you made fun of me when I was actually had a disease? And, like, I still don't let him. He goes, I feel so bad for doing it. I was like, you should feel bad. You should. Like, I was so mad. Wait, so you're the youngest of five? Well, okay. So. I have a lot of brothers and sisters. Okay. So my mom had four kids in her first marriage, and my dad had three in his, and then Wham Bam had me. So I have seven brothers and sisters. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. But I'm the only one of one with the same mom and dad. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's it's crazy. It's like an only child in a very. Yeah, it's like, you know, yours, mine, and our situation. Yeah. (laughs) My husband is one of seven. His mom, like, actually had seven kids. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a. That's. Where is he? She is a saint. Where's he in life? He's the rights. In the middle. Middle. Okay. Yeah. And he's nice. total middle child. Like, 
and I'm total baby. Oh, like, well, okay. Yeah. So tell us, like, where you you grew up in Texas? Yeah, so I grew up in Baytown, which is outside of Houston. It's like 45 minutes from Houston. It's basically very blue collar. Chemical plant smells like crap, but it's home to me. Like, there's so many. Chemical I'm from plants. South Louisiana. You get it. it. Smells like crap. My dad. My dad's from. My dad's from Louisiana. Well, he's from Bossier City. Yeah, I'm from Homa, so okay. it's really close. Yeah, my family lives in like in Shreveport and uh-huh. New Orleans and stuff like that. But so I yeah, I grew up in Baytown and it was it's awesome. The best way like to describe Baytown and that's why I called my record Baytown is it's it's country but it's got such swag. Like the people mm-hmm. there like it's not just, you know, it's all kinds of kinds. Everybody lives in Baytown and I love that about Baytown. It's so cultural. There's so many they love country music, but they love R&B. They love like mm-hmm. it's just it's such a vibe. And and the same thing with Houston. Like you know, and like so many rappers have come out of Houston, but the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo is one of the biggest country events of the year. Mm-hmm. And it's just like Houston area, that area is just such a, a fun, was a fun place to grow up. Yeah. So when did you move to Nashville? Or tell us like your whole thing. So, yeah, so what was the next step? So it's, it's kind of, I feel like a cat that's lived nine lives sometimes, but I graduated when I was 16. I graduated early, top of my class. Don't ask me how many people it was like 12, but <laughs> I, it was a homeschooling program. Hey. But nobody can take from me that no. I was valedictorian. Okay? No, they can't. I'll, I'll never forget when Vince Gill goes, wow, that's awesome. I was like, yeah, only 10 kids, but we don't have to tell them that. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. All my family does music, and so I was like, I don't want to do music. I want to I want to be an actress because, like, they can't tell me how to act. They don't know how to act. And so I – because I was very opinionated. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start doing acting. And so I started going to these acting classes in Houston, and I got an agent out in L.A., and I was like, I'm moving to L.A. So at 16 – I moved to L.A. Oh, my God. For gosh. a oh, year wow. and a half. I was crazy. By so yourself? The, okay. So my dad <laughs> or my mom or my stepmom, somebody would stay with me every month. Okay. So okay. it was like a revolving door of people. My cousin would stay with me. And the fact that my parents let me do that at 16, it still cracks me up because my daughter Daisy wouldn't step foot in L.A. <laughs> at 16 by herself. <laughs> but they knew that I was like 16 going on 30. Yeah. Like, I've always been an old soul. I've yeah. always been a go-getter. And like... And two, it's not like somebody wasn't there with me. So I was doing the whole thing. They gave me a year. They're like, We're, we'll let you have a year here. Just if you get open some doors within that year, you can stay longer. But, you know, you have one year. I was like, okay. I did acting classes. I did all these cool things. I did some auditions. But I wasn't as busy as I wanted to be. So I had a lot of time on my hands. So, of course, I just picked up my guitar and started learning songs on YouTube and writing songs. And I was like, damn, I really like this. This is mm-hmm. fun. And for me, I... I really believe in focusing on one thing and when God really opens doors on that, like you can kind of, if you focus on like, this is the way somebody put it. They're like, if you're focusing on five recipes at one time, it's not going to be as good as if you focus on one, finish it, one, finish Mm -hmm. it. It's like putting the time into that one thing. And so doors were just opening for music more than they were for acting. And so I was like, okay, well, God, I don't want to move because I, I, I just didn't want to be a failure at 16, okay? And so, but I was like, I don't want to leave and, like, be a failure or whatever. And so I met this woman, and she was like, I remember singing at some coffee shop on Venice Boulevard, and it was it was just crazy. And so this girl came up to me, and she's like, you're really talented. But there's so many scam artists. Like, yeah. Like, okay, like, whatever. Right. But she, she was actually somebody legit. She's like, I want to hook you up in Nashville, and I was like, I've already been to Nashville because I would, because I would go. My cousins were in a Christian rock band. We went to Nashville all the time, and I was like, Nashville will be fun, but I want to, you know, be here. I think mm-hmm. this is where I need to be. Mm-hmm. But I've always loved country music. Obviously, I'm a country girl through and through. And so I came here and I fell in love with the writing mm-hmm. community at mm-hmm. 17. 
And while I was here writing, nobody knew me. Nobody, I wasn't, didn't have a publishing deal. I didn't have a record deal. And the voice came in for auditions and I was writing with this one girl and she was like, you should audition for the voice. And I was like, I don't want to audition for the voice. I've already auditioned for American Idol. They said no. And I auditioned for X Factor. Did you really? I was, yeah, I auditioned for both of those uh-huh. and they said no. And I was like, I don't have like that Mariah Carey voice. Like, I have a good voice, but it sounds like I've been, you know, drinking Trulies and smoking cigs and I don't do any of those. So it's like, I don't know what to say, you know? And so I have like this raspy country voice and they were like, but that's the whole point of the voices. It's different voices. And I was like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm going to do like Blake Shelton. And I do like, <laughs> I don't mean, so I auditioned and I made it straight through the auditions in front of Mark Burnett. Ended up doing that, got on the show and... It was so funny because the place that we had to go for quarantine, this was before quarantine was not cool, but Uh now this is when it was cool. It was like, oh, this is cool. But there was like a quarantine period where, you know, you can't say anything, all those things. Mm -hmm. And so we were in L.A. for the auditions, literally two miles away from where I lived, Uh -uh. not even a year before. Oh, no And I was like, isn't that such a God thing? Like crazy, like not even a year later, I moved back to Texas. I thought it was a failure and I'm back at the place that I lived a year, not even it like five months ago it was crazy so was there made it on the show got done with the show and then I went back started writing here and so I was like you know I'm just gonna live here for four months just write and then go back to Texas and I never went home never went home and then I've been here (laughs) for 10 years wow Jesus help me I (laughs) literally cannot believe I've been here for 10 years and been through a few record deals the one thing that I love about my story is I think it's a beautiful story of persistence Mm -hmm. and I would not have written my journey any differently than it is. And, you know, I've been signed to a few different labels in town. I've had a few different publishing deals. I've had changes in my business, but no matter where I'm at in my career, music is still what I want to do. And the daily grind of writing songs and seeing the fans and like the one thing that gets me through is the fans Mm -hmm. honestly because the fans don't know the bs that happens here right Mm -hmm. they just see you on stage and they love you and i think that's what that's always what's kept me going yeah and and two becoming a mom has really changed me in so many ways because i put so much of my identity into my career you know what i looked like you know how i represented myself if you know i got a I got to make sure that I get on this or on that. Mm -hmm. And when I had Daisy, I was just like, none of that matters anymore. It's like, I need to be an example for her. Exactly. And, you know, be a strong example for her. about Somebody who continues to follow their dreams, but doesn't let this world and what their view of my success should look like determine my happiness. Because I'm honestly happy Mm -hmm. with where I'm at right now. If you're not happy with where you are, you're never going to be happy when God gives you success. I've seen people that have tons of number ones and have this quote-unquote incredible career, but they're sad as Mm -hmm. all get out. And I don't want to be that way. Mm -hmm. And so I'm so grateful because of that. And I, you know, just seeing her and being a mom, it's just a new identity that has changed me in so Mm -hmm. many ways. I just love it. And she's what, six months? She's six months. She looks just like you. I know. She is poor buddy. My husband. I'm like, she's got your nose. No. (laughs) No, really. No, she does she does like look like him and sometimes. But she is definitely my karma copy. Yeah. Didn't mean for that to happen. Here we are. 
both of my children, when they came out, looked just like my husband. And now as they're growing, they're starting to look a little bit like me. Yeah. yeah. So just, you have just a, love that. Two girls, boy, two girls. girls. Oh, my gosh. Two girls, 16 and 13. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. And she has a boy six, girl. Yeah, a little boy. He's one. And then a six-year-old girl. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I love that. What's fun. their names? Jessa and Judah. Oh, I love the name yeah. Judah. Our best friend's name is Judah. Oh, yeah. It's good. Being a mom is the best, though, I have to it say. Is. It puts everything in perspective. It really does, and it just shows you that, like, you know, whatever you choose to do in your life, if you want to have babies, if not, mm-hmm. the one thing that I think that's so incredible is it's like, life's not about you anymore. Right. And I needed that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, we're in a very self-serving industry mm-hmm. where everything's about you, like, mm-hmm. you know, and I... Of course, know that my identity is not in any of this. It's in God and my family and what I do, but not, you know, the everything that this business is. But when having her, I was just like, none of this matters anymore. Mm-hmm. It's it's all about you, boo-boo. Mm-hmm. You're the queen of the castle. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I fully know it, you know. Well, since you both are from huge families, do you guys want tons of kids running around? I would around? have, like, 30 kids. Yeah. But Josh, you know, Josh wants, like, three. Yeah. So yeah. I want, like, five. Is he so. in the industry as well? No, so my husband played at Belmont, got a full ride there, and then he played for the Cubs organization, and then he went into the military, and so now he's still in the military, but he also is in, like, finance and stuff like that. He's been He he got a degree in business and works for this financial company here, and he loves it. Awesome. So he's, like, one of those guys that wakes up, looks at the stocks, I'm like, how's it going, babe? I don't know what's going on. (laughs) No, he's not in music, thank God. Yeah. I love it that, I love it not being the same, because- I like feel like we talk about the industry all the time and he just like knows good songs like he doesn't get so caught he he just literally likes a song as a fan Mm -hmm. and so I know if he doesn't understand a song that nobody's gonna understand it I wrote this too much like I wrote (laughs) like I made was a songwriter in this when I should have just been like okay but he's he's awesome yeah such a good dad too that's so fun how did y'all meet it's so funny we met the first time at church we saw each other I was looking like hell that day too I remember we had went out the night before I almost didn't go to church that day I was like, all right, I'll throw on a poncho and some bootcut jeans and put my hair in a ponytail and poncho. go. I literally was wearing a multicolored poncho with freaking Miss Me bootcut jeans and buckle. Like, not the vibe. Thank you. Like, like what the actual hell was I wearing? That's what it always happens. Yeah, and of course I meet my future husband there, and he looks like a Greek god, and you're like, all right, you're hot. You're def- Don't look at me in this poncho. <laughs> And so, anyways, but he thought I looked so cute. He was mm-hmm. like, you just didn't care. You're like, because I don't give a care vibe. And I was like, well, I had to go for that because I really couldn't at this point <laughs> do anything about it. And so then we were at the same wedding like two weeks later and we hit it off and we dated for like a year, broke up for two years, got back together and got married within like three months. Oh, wow. And then we've been married for almost seven years. Wow. Oh, wow. Got married when we were young. Yeah, you were I young. Love what, it. How, how old were you? 21. 20. Yeah, mm. 21. That's I know. good. It's awesome. I was young. I was 22. When you know, you know. Yeah. And it's like, if you get married young, great. If you get married at, you know, 40, yeah. great. I, yeah. I think that we need to start talking more about that. And it's like, I don't know. I But I found my person really young. Yeah. And I'm grateful for that. We just had him on this past month. And that's what we talked about was yeah. it was our 20th anniversary. And wow, we were young. And actually, I mean, the way you are, we had Taylor at 26. I think yeah. I was 26. I had Daisy at young. 27. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So it's very, very similar. Yeah. I got pregnant at 26. It, You know, that was such a great time because we, we had like six years of just we do yeah. whatever the heck we wanted yeah. to, you know, yeah. and 
Wham, bam, thank you, man. We have a kid now. <laughs> so, it's so fast. It changes everything. It does. It really does. It yeah. really does. So with having her, I'm sure you're hypersensitive and you watch over her closely. That's how I am with my youngest with type one. I, you know, that's what, when I was thinking about if Daisy ever had to have type one, like my heart goes out to parents because yeah. like I would be so controlling with it. Like, yeah. and I, you have, cause you have to let them go. You, you have do. to, you have right. to, cause I remember my mom was really crazy about, I was 12, you mm-hmm. know, but my mom, it was funny because this is like so my mother. My dad's the more like motherly type. And my mom's more of like, honey, you're going to have to figure this out. Or are you going, I ain't doing this for you forever. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. but she was nervous. But she also was like, like shooting it to me straight. Like, you're going to have to like teach yourself. Like, yeah. I'll never forget. God. It, and I'm so thankful that I have parents, mom, a mom like this. But so <laughs> we had to learn, like we were in this diabetes class and they make your parents go to the diabetes class. I'm sure yeah. you know about this. Uh-huh. So they show you how to give the shots. And it was really interesting. And my mom was like, I ain't doing this, right? You got to learn it. And I was just like, okay. And my, da- and my dad was like, please wait. Like, you know, it was like, it was so funny. But but I'm thankful that my mom was so hardcore with me because she, you know, she was like, you need to learn this. Like, mm-hmm. you need to, you're, you're going to do it. Right. You're going to do great. And and I did. And I, you know, I, I knew how to do all of it. Like, That's yeah, it, was, it was, was so funny. It probably empowered you yeah. for it her really to be did. like, I don't need to do this. You do it. Yeah, you yeah. got it. Like, there's no point And I'm not going to give you shots right. at 12. You know what I yeah. mean? Or for the rest of your life, you're going to have to learn it. And I was like, okay. But, I mean, think back now. I mean, you were 12 years old. And then at 16, you you fly the coop. Yeah. And so you had to do it yeah, by I yourself. Did. One of the funniest stories of having diabetes is we, so the school that I went to, this homeschooling, there was so many kids there. But we had, like, these little desks. And they had, like, little panels up. And, and so, anyways, I was doing a, a shot at my desk. And a kid went up to the teacher and was like, hey, I think... I think Rachel's doing drugs at her desk. Oh, my gosh. And she literally started crying, laughing. She was like, she has type 1 diabetes. And she goes, why is she giving herself a shot? Like, I think she's doing drugs. And I was like, no. Like, what the hell? It was, like, so funny. Like, we we still laugh about that, my teacher and me. I was like, remember that kid that literally thought I was doing drugs? Like, well, first of all, why would I do it out in front of everybody? Yeah. Like, you know, like, I'd go to the bathroom. I'd go to the bathroom. Yeah. I'm going to be that. And I'm freaking... Yeah. 16 like I mean, yeah. I mean kids are crazy these days yeah. but I'm not that crazy but I, I grew up with a kid that had it like through elementary school and every year like because you know you'd be in the same class like every yeah. other year and his dad would come and they would present to the whole class mm-hmm. basically like this is what he has yeah. this is what it is he would educate everyone on it so that yeah. like we never thought about it yeah. and like yeah. sometimes he might need to eat a piece of candy or whatever it was like they would educate us I thought that was so cool and I think yeah. it's so important to do that and that's one thing that I should have said before is like all my team knows, hey, maybe have a bar in your bag, yeah. maybe a juice. Like, I always have stuff on me, but these are my signs of, like, of something sketch. Like, I kind of go off into a daze, like, you know. And so, and we're all prepared. My team's prepared. You can never over-prepare somebody for mm-hmm. that. And it's not because you're, you know, something's going to happen. It's just so important for everybody to know. Mm-hmm. Like, educating everybody. Mm-hmm. Education is just key with, yeah. with diabetes. Yeah, so totally. Yeah. Okay, I want to talk more about your career. Yeah. So, you said you were, had, like, multiple record labels yes. and everything. What's been the hardest thing you've kind of had to go through? I think where I'm at now and the freedom that I have creatively is, I think what's been hard for me in the past is getting signed because I'm different because I write different because I see the world differently and then when I get there I feel like 
I just keep trying. They kept trying to fit, fit me in a box that I couldn't fit in. Okay. And I, and it's no, like, this is the thing is every artist is different. It's not a, you know, circle hole for everybody. Some people are shaped like squares and we're shaped like triangles. Like mm. not everybody's the same. And when I look back, I'm so grateful for my journey because every person that has been in my career, they believed in me. It's not that. I just think for me, where I'm at today and I look back, I'm grateful for the journey because it's made me a better songwriter. It's made me a better woman. It's made me a better businesswoman and artist. I just am so excited for the future generation because I think we can really educate any new girls that come into town like, hey, you know, fight for this. Yeah. Like you whatever makes you different, yeah. keep that because they're going to try to fit you in this mold of making you generic when you're not generic mm-hmm. you know like whatever makes you different in this town and gets you noticed it's like it sticks for a second but yeah it, and, and you know what and it's more of like I you know I, I moved here when I was 18 and you don't know what to stick up for you're like okay well that'll work I'll do it like mm-hmm. you know I'll, I'll sing about that or I'll sing about this but it, it's it's I didn't know how to fight for myself at 18, 19, right. you know? But now I'm like, oh, hell no. Like, I'm not <laughs> doing this that. song. Yeah. Songs that I write, like, I was writing 100 songs a year, and, you know, five were getting put out. And just, it's just, it was just such a hard industry to, like, get your music out. And so I'm really thankful for the industry now because you can put out music every month. You can really do it ever mm-hmm. the heck you want. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool to see. And I... The one thing I just love about Nashville is everything's like musical chairs. Like when I see people that have been in my past, whether it's a label or a publishing deal, we all just mutually respect each other because it's like, you know, if it didn't work out business, great. I'll go to lunch with you. But like sometimes Mm -hmm. business doesn't work out, but that doesn't mean it has to be on bad terms. And that's one thing I love about this town is, you know, I've, I've gone through some, you know, things in my career, but this town has still embraced me and mm-hmm. loved me. And, and that's what this town's about. It's like, okay, that wasn't the right fit, but that's okay. We're still hoping the best for you. And they really do. Yeah, that's they awesome. do. It really Nashville's is. Good. It's not awesome. a cutthroat. Even though we're in a cutthroat industry, mm-hmm. Nashville, I really think, has figured out making it, you know, they still care about the artist. Mm-hmm. And, like, I I just think it's, it's, it's really, really cool about this town. But I've, you know, my music, it's... The one thing, you know, I talked about the fans earlier, but my songwriting has always been so important to me and writing songs that I believe, you know, are bigger than me and are meant to be out. And one of the first songs that I wrote that completely changed my career and my life and the songwriting world was Love Triangle. I wrote Mm -hmm. that song about my perspective of my parents' divorce and how it felt to be stuck in the middle of two people that you love the most, your mom and your dad. And that song just opened so many doors for me in the writing community and songwriting has always been therapy for me it's always been a way that I've processed things in my life and you know I always want to be sacred when it comes to my songwriting and everything else comes second to that but there's never a day when I'm headed to a write or I'm headed to do something that I'm just not extremely grateful like right. it's it but really you're is more cool. into like the storytelling yes side of things absolutely. not necessarily just like oh this will be a hit Yes. Yeah, like I mean, I do like songs that are hits, well, yeah, but <laughs> I do like storytelling too. But yes. I do love to, you yeah. know, shake my butt, dance, like have a good time, like you know. The one me. we were all talking about was bra off. Uh-huh. We were yeah. like, yeah. 
That song's so fun. It's so fun. That whole album is so much fun. Thank you. Baytown, thank you. It's awesome. I know. I love that record because it's so storytelling, but it's so fun. It's so Mm -hmm. fun. And the the next two songs they're about to release are kind of like an extension of that. And that's the thing. It's like, I just want to have fun and put out good music. Yeah. And be a good example for my daughter and young girls out there and not even girls, guys too. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just... I'm just so grateful for this platform that I've been given, and I just want to continue that. And Baytown is probably one of my favorite projects. Did you write all of them? Yeah, as I wrote well? every song. Are you record. serious? I've only released one song that I haven't written, no and that was on my record Wild Horse. But wow, yeah, but yeah, I've I've written all my songs. I feel like Baytown when you play it, you can tell like you just had fun. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. like yes. it's just like. A but good I love time. that it has like me about me, small town prayer. Mm-hmm. It has those really great songs. A song I wrote for my daughter called "Made for Me to Love." You know, a song about my me and my mother's story called "She Chose Me." That song is. There's been over sixty thousand videos now made of wow. made on TikTok. Of, oh wow! Of people's stories of keeping their baby, uh-huh. and it's like literally the most. Uh-huh beautiful thing ever that's another thing it's just like you have to follow your heart on what to release because god will bless it and i've just literally seen that with with baytown we've hit over 100 million streams on the record wow Wow. and it's just it's just crazy because it's like we promoted it but you know i'm not on a major label right now i'm doing this independent like i'm just doing my own thing and i feel like when when the pressure's kind of off and you like care but you don't yeah that's when like Everything starts happening because it's like there's like this weight that's lifted off your shoulders and you're like, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. So. totally. So that, did that release in 2020? Well, it released or, last September. So it released, oh, okay. it released right after I had Daisy. Oh, right after. Yeah, like, okay. Yeah. And that's nothing. Like normally old me would have been like looking at the charts, like being crazy. <laughs> and, but I'm like here nursing a baby, like half awake, tweaking out. <laughs> and there's, there was no me like being obsessed with where my record was. I was just right. like, I just, I'm, I'm in survival mode. Yeah. You are in survival mode, especially those first yeah, you two are. months. Yeah. Wooey. Nobody explains that to you. Uh, oh, uh, no. No. <laughs> no one would have kids if no. we told you, right? No, 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 no. <laughs> it's so funny, though, how God works because it's like six weeks later, I mean, I'm like healed up, feeling good. I'm like, let's do it again. I'm like, why did I say uh, that? I know. You know, like, I, know. I don't know why because it's just like. <laughs> it's all the love if were, hormones. If, yeah. If it were up to men, they would have one kid and be done. Uh-huh. And they couldn't do it again. I love, I love my husband. but <laughs> Totally. My husband totally. was more traumatized than I was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh, mine we, when we talked about having three, John was like, uh-uh, right now we're man to man. Have a third, we'll be in zone, and I can't do zone. Yeah, <laughs> that's totally. so funny. Right, totally. we're good. That's so awesome. That's when they start raising each other, but that's great. Yeah. <laughs> that's true, yeah. So will you tour coming up? What's your yeah, so I'm, plan? Yeah, so I'm going out with Kane Brown. Okay. Love oh, Kane. Um, awesome. Me and him and his, his, his wife's my best friend, and so I'm so Aww. excited. We're going to have nine kids on tour, so <gasps> it's me. Walker Hayes and Kane. So I have Daisy. Walker has six kids. And then they have two kids, Cody and Kingsley. And so, so it is going to be wild. When like, is that? It starts in in May. Oh, so in we, May. Okay. we have some, some dates in May. And then we have some dates in June. So it's going to be wow, fun. That's I know. so I'm fun. It's When's the last time you toured? Oh, girl. I've... Well, I did a show in December after having Daisy, so that was my first show back. And I did a residency downtown at Old Red, like oh, yeah. big pregnant. Like I was just <laughs> wielding it in the bar. Like oh, straight up. Like <laughs> I couldn't drink with everybody, but I was having a good time like I was. So That's but fun. it was fun. Yeah. It was so much fun. Oh, that'll be so fun. Okay. And then I saw that you are you acting a little bit? Weren't you in a little Oh God. No. I was in a Hallmark movie. <laughs> okay. And I, like 
Honestly, I think my mother-in-law, that was her highlight of her life because she loves <laughs> Hallmark hilarious. during Christmas. And, but it was honestly so much it was fun. fun. It was yeah. me and Sarah Evans and Winona Judd and Kix Brooks. Like so many awesome celebrities are in it. But it was, it was awesome. I want to do more acting. I want to do more stuff in the TV space. I, I love stuff like that. And I really thrived when I was on The Voice because people could see my personality. So I really want to do more, more mm-hmm. things like that. For yeah. Sure. Oh, that's so fun. Can we talk about The Voice? Like how, yes. uh, like how God, was, it was like a what was that experience like? I mean, I was 17, so it was like any other 17-year-old girl was like, holy crap, this is happening. Like, whoa. Yeah. Like, I, you know, my favorite thing about that show is it really, like, I think that I needed that first no. Mm-hmm. Like, even though it was such a big, people think that I won that year, but I didn't. Like, I was top 12. Mm-hmm. But that first no, like, set up a lot of, like, thick skin for me. Yeah. Because I realized, okay, I can be told no, but I know that I'm still talented and I yeah. know that I've got something and mm-hmm. so I was able to move here and so when other knows would happen in my life it's hard but it really prepared me as a person but that show was everything it needed to be for me it was a great promotion mm-hmm. tool people got to know who I am and like getting to meet Blake was the trajectory of my career I mean he helped me find a manager he helped me you know with my deal with big machine when I first got here like he showed me like this is what you should do this is what you shouldn't do he took me on tour and you know Miranda took me on tour because mm-hmm. uh, they were married at the time and so it was just like to be embraced by them at such a young age it really set a precedent for me and um it's very 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 grateful yeah. and and he's been somebody that's been a sound piece throughout my, like a my big whole brother. he really is yeah. and he when he really loves somebody and cares about somebody, he means it mm-hmm. and he stays and he's there. And through the changes in my life for the last 10 years, he's always been there. Mm-hmm. And he's been a friend that honestly means the world to me. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget. So me and my husband, you know, we, we got married and then we had a wedding later. And so when when I told Blake that I was married, this is the funniest thing ever. We were at St. <laughs> Anejo and... He literally was eating, and he just dropped his fork and stopped eating. And he was like, well, I guess we're getting tequila shots. And, like, it was just, like, so funny. And he was so, of course, so excited. He was just, like, shocked. Because, you know, I'm like his – I was at the time, I was, like, I was his baby girl. Like, he yeah. was, like, you know, he was, like, my – like, you know, like a second dad, like an uncle. Like, he's just so sweet. But he has been, you know, just to our family, and it's just – it's he's such a he's class act. Oh, that's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, that's good to hear. It. I know. Yeah, and then we did that song "Why I Got a Truck" together, which one of my favorite songs. That's a good one. <laughs> I know. Thank you. <laughs> Why I got a truck sitting in the driveway. Did y'all write it together, or did you I write it by it yourself? I wrote it, and then I wrote it with him in mind. And okay. My favorite is the end of the song where he goes, "Back the truck up." No, not that. The truck, Ray. Talking about because I, <laughs> I mean, yes, like, he's so yes. funny. <laughs> I was like, that's make sure amazing. to put something funny on it. He goes, oh, I got something special for you. I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, my God. That's uh, so fun. He's he's great. And then he married Gwen Stefani, which is hilarious. Like, you know, I used to wear, y'all, I put my foot in my mouth. So I, you know, I used to wear her clothes all the time, like the Harajuku brand I loved. And I'm like, I remember telling her, I was like, oh, my God, I wore your, your shoes when I was like 13. And she was like. I, I literally I probably made her feel so old and I was just like I mean like you look great I yeah. was like trying to go like well, she didn't care like she was going so funny so if you would have told my like you know 12 year old self wearing my high top Harajuku shoes that Gwen Stefani would be you know like in engaged yeah. to Blake at my wedding I'd have been like uh no she's not but that's know, it was, wild it was so funny though I was so nervous at my wedding like because my you know 
crazy-ass families coming up to them at the at the table. And they stayed the whole night. They did not leave early. They stayed until we yeah. left. Like, they partied. Wow. Like, awesome. It was so much fun. And But when I saw, like, my country family coming up to them, I was just like, oh, God, y'all. <laughs> okay. Like, I thought I was going to have to save them. But they, of course, do so well in those situations. Yeah. Like, yeah. Gwen was, Gwen was loving it. But it was hilarious. Like, you know, my uncles were going over there. I was li- my heart was literally about I was like, you know, yeah. it's my wedding. I can't worry about yeah, this. They're yeah. fine. They came. They obviously <laughs> if they stayed, they're fine, you know. And so they probably loved I wasn't. it. And then of course another great thing at my wedding was my mother in law, who is the most Christian woman you'll ever meet in your life, super conservative, awesome, incredible lady. But she chugged a beer on the dance floor. Stop. And like she can chug a beer better than anybody. Oh my gosh. And it was like her and Josh's two buddies. And she beat all of them. She can oh down it gosh. in like two seconds. That's like hilarious. it was, and like it was awesome. Like, and I <laughs> was just like, yeah! <laughs> it was hilarious. Like she lets loose, and I love it. I mean, like oh it, it, watching her chug that beer was the highlight. I love it. That highlight is so funny of the show. So, what is Red a thing. pinch me moment for you? Oh my God, I've had a few since you started. One of them was definitely my Grand Ole Opry debut uh-huh. because Grand Ole Opry has always been my dream is to one day be a member i love the grand Ole opry so much another one was playing royal albert hall in london where the queen goes um <laughs> that was it that was a big moment for me I'm trying to think there's been there's been so many when a uh, wild horse my debut record debuted at number one on the billboard chart oh wow i mean i've there's only been a few females that have done that with their debut record less than 10 oh no kidding um shania twain one on a judd and so it's for the, my debut record to hit number one uh, on billboard was was probably one of the biggest oh, accomplishments. Congratulations. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. amazing. Thank you. It really is. It was super cool. So I think we know you're really close with Blake and a lot of the, yeah. the male artists. What, what's your relationship like with female country artists? It's been honestly like I think a lot of us females, we were up and coming at the same time. Like me, Lauren Elena, Kelsey Ballerini, Maddie and Tay. There's just been so many artists that we've all kind of went through this together. And I've... You know, I've I have such a great great relationship with all those girls. It's incredible to hang out with them because they understand the struggle that we've had to go through as women, mm-hmm. but also like we're all just doing it and making it happen. And mm-hmm. now we're in this, you know, at the time like me and Maddie and Tay have pictures on radio tour when we're like 17, 18, so little. And you know, Tay has a baby now. We're mm-hmm. in these we're going through these phases mm-hmm. of life together and we know what it's like to want to be pregnant and to have a family but also want this career for ourselves. And I don't think that's like enough that people talk about is the juggle of that. Mm-hmm. Like being a mom and also being an artist, it's hard, but it's it's done every single day. Mm-hmm. And that community of women has like really been good for me. Like I've Talked to Hillary Scott about it from Lady Antebellum and um, a couple artists that aren't really in country music. But it's just been, it's a different dynamic. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not like, you know, my husband's doing music and I can be there and support him and have Daisy. Like, it's it's just different. So I did my first show in December. And when I was on stage, all I could think about was date. Like, I was like nervous. I was like, oh my God, I gotta get back to my baby. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, it was an hour. It was 45 minutes show. (laughs) But it was... It was good, but it was still nerve wracking because mm-hmm. you still have that mom instinct. Like, even though you have like a nanny helping and stuff like that, it's different. Like, totally. you know, I'm the mom. Like, right. and, I, and I'm having to let that go. But that the community of women here like have really helped me with that, and and inspiring other artists that you know just 
there are times where we all get in a funk and it's important to stick up for each other yeah. and to be there. And mm-hmm. I'm really excited about this new wave of women that are coming. I mean, some new songwriters in town. I have surrounded myself with female songwriters and this new wave of women is just so incredible because they are just being so unapologetically themselves and it's really cool to mm-hmm. see. They're continuing to be vulnerable and to another level that it's inspiring to mm. me. Like I'm seeing this new group of, you know, songwriters and artists and I'm like, wow, I got to step up my game. Like, yeah. you know, like I need <laughs> like to be more level. vulnerable. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? But I've always been vulnerable, but I'm just saying like it's, it's been really, really cool to yeah. see. You Do you know? get like tons of DMs from fans being like, I want to be where you are. I want to be a country music artist and yes. wanting advice. And I'm sure you get like reached out to all the I time. I do. And I message, I message them back, you know, sometimes when I have time. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I have no time anymore. Um, <laughs> but I, I love to reach, like to talk to artists about their journey and stuff. And I think the cool thing about the day and age that we live in now is there's so much that you can do in your bedroom. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much mm-hmm. you can do upload a video to YouTube, write songs like you can live right now. You can make a name for yourself right now. And I think that that's the cool place that we're in right now is like you can put out a song on Spotify if you want mm-hmm. to. You don't yeah. Need, you don't need oh, I never do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like it's it's just you need somebody to get you the, get it on there, but it's so yeah. easy. Like you just pay some money and you do Isn't it. But how Justin Bieber was found. Yeah. YouTube. It was, YouTube. Right? And it's just yeah. like there is platforms you know, so many ways to, to grow your brand without the way that it used to be. And it's great because it's creating more opportunities mm-hmm. for these young artists and especially females. And I'm just, I'm really inspired, honestly. And, um, and two, I think another cool thing that I've seen is it's not just young artists. Because like, I of course, I love young artists. But I'm like, what about the, you know, 35-year-old mm. girl that had five kids and she's a amazing songwriter and artist right, but hasn't yeah. got the chance to do it because she's been a mom her whole life in a small town. Those are the people that are getting yeah. seen now too. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, we've got to start normalizing that it doesn't mm-hmm. always have to be the young, hot, yes. and over-sexualizing young girls. Like that bothers me a little bit. Oh my And God. I just think, you know, well, she needs, just needs to be older and stuff like that. No, like let her be young. Let her grow up. Mm-hmm. Like let her write songs that are for the 15 and the 16 year old and the 17 year old girl. And when she gets older, trust me, she's going to go through some things that make her want to write. Like when I wrote God Made Girls, I was 17. That song was written from a 17 year old's perspective. When I sing mm-hmm. God Made Girls now, it's like I'm a woman and I'm singing it from a 27 year old woman's perspective. Right. Right. But I'm so thankful that I had those songs because that's the place in life that I was in. Right. And, but it's cool to see songwriters that I've never heard of make it on the scene in the last couple of years and they're older and they're have had that. life. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you one thing. I want to write with somebody that's been through some, yeah. honestly, yeah. like, because I know that I'm going to get a good song. Yeah. Like I'm not. And, and so it's been, it's been really cool that those walls are being, you know, the traditions, down. The traditions are, yeah. are like, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, I, it's just really, really. It's a good point. A, I never thought really of it like that. Cool, yeah. I love that thing that Adele said. I'm not writing songs for TikTok. I'm writing songs for the 30 year old that doesn't understand TikTok. Like, you right, know what I mean? Right, like, right. I was like, yeah. straight up. Listen, I love TikTok though. I mean, there's a few people. I get so stuck on that damn thing. I love it personally. I try to do the dances. It's weird. I'm, I'm getting That's better. Hilarious. I like have to have some of my friends like help me edit it, but it's it's fun. I mean, I'm just excited for women in music right now. It's it's gonna be. It's going to continue just being a rocket ship taking mm-hmm. off. So. You're such a good role model. You oh, are. Thank you. You're yeah, so nice. that's incredible. You're so fun. And yeah. like, I don't know. You oh feel gosh. like family immediately. It's Aww. interesting. I know. You walked yeah. through the door and it was like, oh, hey, hey. have I met her before? I know. Oh, I mean, she's so it's nice. Just, it's, 
You're very. I literally very am about to leave here and go get a big burrito. So <laughs> if that doesn't like, yes, sum up me. Well, we thank you so yes, much for thank being you. on. Oh my gosh, thank we know you. you're busy. And no, I'm away so from blessed. Baby. No, yeah. thank you. So thank you so much. Thank, thank you. I appreciate you. it. I feel like I'm a little bored tonight. I feel like I could use some fun. I will take over the city, yeah, baby. Follow my lead, everybody get ready.